Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Our reading today is from the book of John, chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. This can be found on page 977 of your Pew Bible. But first, let us pray. God of goodness and hope, in these scriptures we find your faithfulness. Be with us now and write your words on our hearts that they would stay as near to us as our next breath and fill us with life. Amen. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all of his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of a stranger. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to kill and steal and destroy. I am, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord shall stand forever. Amen.
Friends, seven times Jesus in the Gospel of John says, I am, and then he finishes the statement. Seven times. So today we talk about the third and the fourth I am statements. We started two weeks ago with the first I am statement. Jesus said, I am the bread of... Oh, good. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The second I am statement from last Sunday, Jesus said, I am the light of of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And today we have statement number three and statement number four, two more I am statements. We're covering both of these because they happen in the same conversation. Jesus is talking with the religious leaders of the day, Pharisees and priests and scribes. His disciples are with him as well. And then he unfolds this idea of a shepherd and a sheepfold and a gate Jesus always uses symbols and images to whom people understand and can relate. He talks about bread. He talks about light. Now he's talking about sheep and sheep herding and a sheepfold. So in the ancient world, uh, a sheepfold typically was made up of rock, especially where we are in the Judean hillside. There's lots of loose rock available. There are also trees, but trees are more valuable. Wood is more valuable. They would save the wood for building structures, for homes, for houses, for the buildings. So they would use rock, and they would use some kind of plaster or mortar, and they would make this corral out of this stone and they would put the sheep there in the corral to keep them safe, especially overnight. Homeowners, landowners, would often make these sheepfolds because it was a source of income for them. Often they didn't have sheep and shepherds themselves. They would just build these corrals on their land, and then they would rent out space to the shepherds who would bring their sheep in, and according to however many sheep they put into their sheepfold, they would pay some money to the sheepfold owner. It was a source of income for them. Jesus says, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Jesus talks about the gatekeeper opening the gate and the shepherd calling his sheep because he knows them by name and the sheep know the shepherd's voice. So I'd read this passage for years, studied it, written about it, and it wasn't until I was privileged to be teaching at the Near East School of Theology in Beirut For three weeks, the dean of the School of Theology invited me to come over from Atlanta and just teach there, and I did. The second weekend I was there, one of the professors, a New Testament scholar, invited me and his wife. He said, we'll take you to the countryside. You shouldn't just stay here in Beirut. We want you to see some of Lebanon. And I said, I would be honored and delighted. So my second weekend there... They picked me up early Saturday morning and drove me in their small car. There are no interstates, freeways in Lebanon, but there are some highways and certainly country roads. So we're leaving Beirut and we're driving to the northern part of Lebanon towards Syria and we're passing through villages and small towns 
and we come upon this large pasture area, and by golly, there is this sheepfold. All these metal, metal gates constructed there, and the professor turns to me and said, have you seen this before? I said, no, I have never seen this. And he goes, well, let's stop. And so we stop, pull off the side of the road, we get out of the car, and we lean against the car, and he said, I just want you to watch this. Just watch this. And sure enough, there's the gatekeeper there. He's the guy, obviously, who owns this sheepfold, this corral. And he's there, and he's opening the gates, and there were these teenagers standing at the entrance to the corral. And I soon discovered that they were the shepherds, Boys and girls looked to be early, mid-teens. They were dressed in sweats and T-shirts and tennis shoes and sweat jackets. And as the gatekeeper opened the gate, the sheep who were milling around in there began to come out as these teenagers, the shepherds, called them. I turned to my friend and said, what are they singing? And he said, oh, Roger, they're not singing. They're calling. Arabic is this lovely, beautiful, melodic language. It reminded me, oh, of the Adan, which you hear the five times the call for prayer from a minaret on top of a mosque. When you're a Muslim country, you hear this beautiful singing, this calling to prayer. God is the greatest. God is the greatest. Allah, Allah, say, Allah, Allah, say, five times. God is the greatest. It sounded like that to me. And these teenagers were calling these sheep, who, by the way, I learned are not the brightest of God's creatures. (laughs) But they're calling them, and as they're calling them, they're stepping away, and the sheep, by golly, these sheep, as dumb as they are, they are starting to follow each of their respective shepherds. And I turned to my friend, the New Testament scholar, my eyes were wide, and he goes, I know, John 10. I said, oh my goodness. He goes, Roger, that's what happens all over the world with sheep and shepherds. Jesus says then, the next I am statement, his third one, he says, I am the gate for the sheep. Okay, so here's the other thing I learned. That's really kind of cool. I didn't know this before. But the professor was explaining to me as we're driving now beyond that town and that village and that sheep fold, he said, as you go further out, we got to the countryside, right? And this is just hill country of northern Lebanon. He said, the shepherds have to take these sheep farther and farther away to get them to get food, something so they can eat. Sometimes they can't get back to the permanent sheep fold, right, by that night. So he said, when that happens, they have to end up constructing their own temporary sheepfold. And the way they do that is they go and they find branches, they find bramble bushes with stickers and thorns on them, and they cut off these branches and they'll create a temporary sheepfold out there in some pasture way out somewhere in the dark. And they'll create this round sheepfold and they'll lead their sheep by name in And then, he said, to save them the trouble of having to cut more branches in the opening that they have left to bring the sheep in, they will sleep in that opening. They will lay down in that opening. So if someone wants to come steal a sheep, they have to get through that shepherd. If a a predator wants to come and take a sheep, they have to get through the shepherd. Jesus says, I am the gate for the sheep. When he says that, literally, 
a shepherd, a good shepherd, lays down in that opening to protect the sheep and keep them safe. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the for the sheep. So I learned that, understood that. Fascinating, right? Amazing. Jesus says, I am the gate for the sheep. I lay down my life. He says, the shepherd goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from the stranger because they do not know the voice of strangers. So here's this powerful image of Jesus saying, I am the gate for the sheep. I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. Not just life, but have life abundantly. Then he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand who is not the good shepherd and does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and runs away, leaves the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus says, I am the gate for the sheep. Then he says, I am the good shepherd. The shepherd who knows his sheep and his sheep know his voice. Okay, so hearing about that, that's what called to mind this memory. So for years in the Nishioka household, Sunday nights was reserved for watching uh, this particular show. Um, It's called Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. And there was a host there named Marlon Perkins. And this was before Animal Planet and the Nature Channel and National Geographic Channel. This was how we learned about God's magnificent creation and what it means to be stewards of God's creation. Mutual of Omaha's wild kingdom. We'd gather around the television set, the Nishioka family, Sunday night after dinner, and we would turn this on and we would watch this. One particular show has stuck in my memory. And when I was reading this, I thought about this show. This episode was featuring elephant seals on South Georgia Island. South Georgia Island is this little outcropping of island in between the tip of South America and Antarctica, all right? Elephant seals are the largest of the seal family. They can weigh up to 1,100 pounds, right? Um, They can be 20 feet long. These are huge, huge creatures, right? Just amazing creatures. Um, They're called elephant seals because their snout, their proboscis sort of has like this long snout. It looks like an elephant's trunk, so they're called elephant seals. Well, this particular episode was talking about birthing these elephant seal babies. So you had this huge, huge beach filled with these elephant seal mothers who were very, very pregnant and wanted to get rid of their babies and deliver them. 
Um, the, the, they said that while they're pregnant, the last stages of pregnancy, they can't go and feed. So they're also very hungry, very pregnant and very hungry, and they're kind of annoyed, all of these elephant seal mothers. They call them cows, I know. So here are all these cows on the beach, right? And then suddenly, by the miracle of nature, a signal comes and they have their babies called pups. I'm sorry, I know too. Cows, pups, I don't get it either, but that's what they called them, all right? So all these pups now have been delivered, and in that moment, then the mothers are freed finally to leave the beach and go and feed, which they haven't been able to do for almost a month. And so now they're famished, and so they all leave their pups, and they go into the ocean, and they spend the next day feeding. Here are all these hundreds of pups elephant seal babies on this beach. Here are all these mothers who are feeding in the waters around South Georgia Island. Then some other cue happens, right? And all of these elephant seal mothers come back onto the beach, like in one huge wave, these huge, huge creatures. And I think to myself, these pups must be thinking, ah, we're going to be smashed by these mothers. But they don't. They don't smash them. They actually are on now the beach. And and you see all of these hundreds of sea lion pups and these sea lion elephant seal cows, and they're looking for each other, and the camera, I'll never forget, the camera focused on one little pup and one huge cow, and you think to yourself, there is no way they're ever going to find each other, because frankly, they all sort of look similar, right? And here you have this little pup going, ooh, ooh, and this big cow going, ooh, ooh, and you just see, and think, ooh, 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 ooh. there's no way this is going to happen, right? And you follow them, the cameras follow them, and they're making their way, and then by golly, by the miracle of God's grace, this, ooh, 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 and they find each other, right? And you think, oh my goodness, how could this possibly happen? And then Marlon Perkins comes on, and explains that in the moment of that pup's birth, the first thing the pup hears is the mother's voice, and it imprints on that pup. And when that pup is born, the first noise that pup makes, that voice is imprinted on this elephant seal mother. Marlon Perkins says, of course they find each other because they know each other's voice. And it may sound the same to the rest of us, and they may look alike to the rest of us, but they are distinctive to each other. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice, and I know each of them by name. Jesus says, I am the gate for the sheep, I have come that they might have life and have life abundantly. So I was visiting with Elizabeth and Jane McKell. Elizabeth told me this story. I got permission from her to share it. Elizabeth's mother is Janie Perrin Stevens Brown. At that time, she was 91 years old, suffering from a gradual and steady dementia. She knew who Elizabeth was, and she knew who Jay, her son-in-law, was. But she had become mostly nonverbal by then. And she was in hospice care. They'd had a good visit. 
The visit was coming to a close. Her son-in-law, Reverend J. McHale, good pastor, said to his mother-in-law, Janie, would you like me to say a prayer? And she indicated yes. So the three of them joined hands there in her room. And before Jay could say anything, 91-year-old Janie Perrin Stevens Brown said out loud, Dear God, thank you for being with me all of my life. Dear God, thank you for being with me all of my life. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate for the sheep. I've come that you might have life, and not just life, but have it abundant. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and they know me. They know my voice. Dear God, thank you for being with me all of my life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.